This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. And Uptown Art Gallery's future is up in the air after Loyola University purchased its building. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. There's a 250-square-foot wedge-shaped project space on the ground floor of a Flatiron building next to the Loyola Redline stop. Hundreds of regional artists have gotten paid opportunities to present their work, to experiment, and to try out their ideas in this Rogers Park hub of creativity. It's called Roman Susan, and artists and neighbors have lots to say about what makes it special. Roman Susan has been a vital space for the Loyola neighborhood. There's just something about that space where artists can push and challenge their material to be exalted in a way by the quirky corners and the freedom to use literally every edge of the space. They really do curate a lot of people uh, for kind of solo shows and um, I don't know any other space in the city that's doing that many solo shows where the artist really has control of their context. But recently Roman Susan along with several other business owners and 30 residential tenants got notice that they've got a new landlord, Loyola University. So what does this mean for such an important art space in the community? We spoke with Kristen Abhalter-Smith, who founded Roman Susan 12 years ago and now acts as its executive director, and Nathan Abhalter-Smith, who's the managing director of Roman Susan. And we had to start our conversation with how Roman Susan came to be. Well, I'll take you back to the way, way beginning, which is (laughs) about 60 years ago, my parents met on the Loyola campus as students. Aww. And uh, they since moved away, and I grew up in several Midwestern cities. And um, in 2010, I found myself moving to the same neighborhood where my parents met. And after earning two degrees in theater design, I came up upon this storefront Mm -hmm. with affordable rent. And I decided to open the space to celebrate and share the work of artists. Yeah. How did having affordable rent allow you to become the arts organization that you are today? Well, because it's small, uh, it's not very expensive. And uh, through working odd jobs and paying for it uh, for several years, uh, we eventually turned it into a nonprofit organization and were able to build it um, through grant funding mm-hmm. and from different organizations, city and private funders. And now we're able to pay ourselves a modest amount to run it. And yeah, we built it into a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the ground up. From the ground up. Literally. <laughs> uh, Nathan, you, you feature the work of artists from the Great Lakes region. How many artists has, has Roman Susan worked with? Um, it's just around 1,100. 
Wow, that's uh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good amount. Uh, are these um, solo shows? Um, initially, we started with really large group shows, sort of just finding our feet and seeing who is interested. Um, one thing we learned a lot about is if you open a door in a public space, many people will come through that door with desires and things they want to share with the world. Um, so uh, I, we had very large shows when we started mm -hmm. with many people, and then we began focusing on solo shows when we knew better how to support artists yeah. and like let them have their vision take over the entire space. Uh, our storefront right now is essentially a proposal space so anyone can pitch their idea and like create their basically create their own vision mm -hmm. in the space and it's small enough that it's not intimidating they can take it over and do it yeah and boy do they ever right <laughs> uh let's hear some comments from artists about the impact of, of working with roman susan i did a show around the time my mom passed away uh during the pandemic. So I wasn't really able to have like a funeral or like a celebration of her life or anything. Uh, I don't think I would have made it through that experience uh, without that show there. Being involved with Roman Susan has meant the world to me. I really owe my success as an artist to them. When I first proposed a show there in 2014, I didn't have much exhibition experience, but Kristen and Nathan of Alter Smith treated me with total respect and supported me in my vision. And I've watched them provide that same respectful support, including financial support, to hundreds of other artists since. The aims of a space like Roman Suzanne are not to make money for the foundation or for the space, but to be a place where art can happen, where neighbors can come together, where people can think and talk and experience art in different ways together. Working with Roman Susan has been an empowering experience, mostly because they <laughs> haven't rushed me. Um, and I feel genuinely supported by them. They're transparent with me, with what they can do with their means. They're paying me. Um, there's budget for this show. They're trying to make more money possible for this show. So that there was Kevin Stewart, Gwyneth Zeleny Anderson, and Ruth and Jared Brown. Your reaction to what you just heard, you, you chuckled there <laughs> at the last one, Kristen. Uh, I'm just really touched by everybody's response and the outpouring of support that we've had from our community. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a question. Why is this place called Roman Susan? Where did that name come from? Uh, so it's named after my grandparents, Roman and Susan Levandusky. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, going back to the comments, Nathan, uh, we heard a lot there and, and financial compensation came up a lot, too. So why don't you break it down for us? And then the broader art landscape, how does compensation actually work? Um, I think the being paid as an artist is a touchy space. Um, and I think the arts in Chicago benefit greatly and are also somewhat limited by a surplus of volunteer effort. People working without being paid, people showing their work without being paid. Uh, sometimes that's in the hope that eventually you will have an art object that you can sell out of those efforts and mm -hmm. you'll have received enough recognition and exposure for that yeah. to happen. But it really, I think, shortens the possibility of what art can be in our neighborhoods to have to sell physical objects to make it functional or to have people not be paid. If people aren't paid to share their work, 
only people who can afford to do things for free uh, essentially can be there. And so that excludes many people in a field that's already exceptionally exclusionary. So yeah. we're, you know, putting half of our budget every year toward paying artists so that people can step forward with their ideas and see them happen. Roman Susan's also wage certified. What, is, what does that mean exactly? And why, why is that important, Kristen? So wage stands for Working Artists and the Greater Economy. Mm -hmm. It's a national organization that um, helps nonprofits create standards. And it helps us be more equitable, um, as Nathan said. Yeah. Let's talk more about the physical space. Let's listen to Jared Brown again. The physical gallery is also so interesting and different and unconventional, which then I think makes the work and the shows and the programming that they have just feel really different and unique. And because that space is so close to a red line stop and is just so peculiar, I think it draws a lot of people, a lot of onlookers. So for people who haven't been there, Nathan, why don't you describe what it looks like and, and, and also pick up on, on Jared's point there of, of onlookers stopping by. Like, how do you see your role engaging with the neighborhood beyond the walls of that gallery? Yeah, I think easily the most exciting part for me is people experiencing art there that are not intending to. Yes. Um, Just kind of stumbling upon yeah, absolutely. what's on that screen. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So we're sort of in the very tip edge of a flat iron building that is there because the CTA tracks run northwest from there. So it's a break in the grid, which is already different for Chicago as mm -hmm. a starting point. And then you can see it. You can see all of the space from the street 24 hours a day. You can see it from the train platforms. So like a distant vision, it's a little bit of a beacon. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I think there's something to just like it's very small, uh, but it has an outsized impact because it is just present. Its mm -hmm. presence is uh, affecting, you know, as any sort of a, like, I don't know, I don't want to say moth to a flame, but that's how I am when I see something that is not uh, a commercial. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I no, I, I get you. I mean, talk more about the neighborhood and, and changes that you might have noticed over the years, uh, Nathan, that you've been operating there. Yeah, so we, we live immediately south of there, uh, south of Loyola's campus, mm -hmm. and our storefront is immediately west of it. And Loyola's development really dominates the neighborhood and how it f appears and feels. They have a billion-dollar endowment. They receive 90% of the TIF funds, and they are expanding their campus in different ways. Some of that is like they have converted sort of courtyard buildings into dorms. Mm -hmm. Other things they've done were they've privatized a street and taken out some of the parking and made it more of their campus. Um, they've torn down some buildings that were like market rate buildings mm -hmm. to build dorms, and they've torn down other buildings that are sort of toward far distant development. Uh, Roman Susan, part of what's interesting and strange about it is it's surrounded by three empty lots that were all formerly housing that were torn down and are sort of part of a long-term development plan. But mm. it's a strange space to be in because it is in this um, sort of active and passive construction zone. There's been a lot of back and forth over your lease, Nathan. 
So tell us what's been happening exactly. What's the latest? So as the building was being sold, um, we were asked to shorten our lease to help empty the building. Um, and we resisted. Yeah, we, we resisted that. Uh, and that's sort of why we're talking about this now. Yeah. Um, if well, any, What's behind that, the, the resistance? I feel like if anyone has the ability to maintain affordable housing and diversity and culture in our neighborhood, it is Loyola University. They have the power and agency to do that. And last week we shared a message with the university uh, in response to the notification they'd bought the building. Mm -hmm. Um, They haven't responded to it yet. We did make it an open message so that neighbors would know what's going on and they could add their name. You put that letter up, you projected it onto the wall in the gallery space so that folks walking by could see. Yeah, so people both in our orbit that we communicate with physically in that Mm -hmm. space and then beyond it. And we are asking for their feedback too. And a lot of that is, you know, sort of looking at things that we hadn't even thought of the impact because I think it really impacts, it impacts affordable housing, but it also impacts things like environmental sustainability, just the ability of people to live near transit centers with affordable rent or like the waste of a solid building being torn down or new construction happening. I mean, do you know what they intend to do with the space? We do not know, but the push to have us shorten our lease to clear the building and the fact that we're surrounded by three empty lots. That's an indicator. Yeah. Something's up. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, Kristen, there are many other tenants in the building. We got uh, two other businesses, 30 apartments. What are they seeing? What's happening to their leases at the same time? So, yeah, that's part of um, why we like where we are. Yeah. I feel like we have neighbors who have a lot of the tenants have been there for longer than 10 years. Um, there are 30 residential units and there's naturally occurring affordable housing. And um, so there are three creative small businesses that are also our neighbors. There's Archie's Cafe, which is a popular hangout mm-hmm. for music and delicious food. There's Edge Art, which is a folk art center um, providing import art. Um, Maggie Roche is our neighbor there. And um, our neighbor who passed away three years ago is Ramona Rouse and the street is named after her. Mm. And she is the mother of state Senator Mike Simmons. And um, we're like really happy to know all these people because of um, being there. And it's just like a very intergenerational creative space. And um, there are amazing resources for learning and social connection. Well, we reached out to Loyola for, oh, for comment. Uh, here's part of the statement that the university sent. Loyola University Chicago manages apartment units and retail businesses across several buildings in and around the Lakeshore campus. Like all of our real estate holdings, this property will be included in the campus master planning process for our Lakeshore campus, which is presently underway with input from a variety of stakeholders. The university intends to honor all current leases in this building. You're nodding. Yeah, I think that that goes along with sort of what feels like the worst case scenario to us and the likely scenario, which is that this building remains under a 
third-party management company, which is what it is now, uh, rather than being affiliated with Loyola University. Um, the leases are not renewed. The tenants receive two to four months notice that they need to move. Um, the vulnerable residents in the building are displaced from our neighborhood because there is an affordable housing. And then the building's torn down. What do you want from Loyola, Kristen, and from future development in general? Well, what we hope is that the building is brought under their management company, Lakeside Management, uh, that current tenants are given the opportunity to renew at affordable rates. Mm -hmm. And when they decide to leave, the rent stays affordable. It's offered to students and the general public. And that they integrate their campus life into the community by adding resources for their students and improved conditions for everybody. But despite the uncertainty, you're moving forward, right? So, so what is next for Roman Susan? Yeah, absolutely. We will continue to respond mm -hmm. the best we can to artists and um, the needs of artists and audiences of artists in our community. You'll stay connected with the other residents? And we'll stay connected with the other residents. We intend to stay in the neighborhood if possible. And um, yeah, we'll provide what artists need, which is administrative support, funds, and spaces. Last word to you, Nathan. Um, yeah, and we will just try to amplify the voice of our community. Um, we, as I said, we sent a message to Loyola. We are including anyone's name and comment that mm -hmm. wants to comment on it. Uh, it's on our website, which is romansusan.org. We'll leave it there. That's Nathan and Kristen Abhalter-Smith of Roman Susan. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. This episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Linnea Dominic and edited by Ethan Schwab. Every day on Reset, we bring the latest news and information that you need to know. Whether it's national news or local stories, Reset's got your back. Now, if you want to support us and what we do, well, consider liking this pod and subscribing. We also have to shout out our daily newsletter. You can sign up at wbez.org slash Reset News. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk again this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.